Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ben, quit stroking your beard. We got a show to do. <laughs> I shaved it. Oh, did you? Yeah, man. How you feeling? You feeling better? You were uh, a bearded Ben Jarofsky's a, a different kind of fella I learned on Friday. I'm a different kind of fellow with my made up for you. Is that a real song? Yeah, man. Whoa. We need some old people out there. All right? It's Marvin Gaye back in the day. Old people, right? weigh in on the live stream chat, would you? <laughs> All right. Uh, how's it going, everybody, on the live stream chat? Uh, I changed some settings uh, on this board I have. So just let me know if you hear us loud and clear. Ben's going to be singing a song for you as well. Uh, <clears> if I need to crank up the audio, just let me know. And throughout today's program, we will adjust accordingly. Huh? All right. All right. Uh, your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, October 27th is just moments away. But before we do this, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150 are uh, sponsors, as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben Jarofsky, your song of the day does come from Frank. Nowhere to Run by Martha and the Vandellas. Oh my God, it's like a whole Motown thing today. Got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, woo, nowhere to run, woo, woo, that's the Funk Brothers. That's the background group that played in all those hits. Okay. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. <laughs> it is Tuesday, October 27th. And yeah, live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the return of our dear friend, Candace Castillo. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here, calling this Power Grab Tuesday. And here's why, before we get to that great weekend, you have a good weekend, D. Wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it I'm was little, three days ago, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> a little, little secret out. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Oh. Yes. Dennis had a taco over the weekend. An egg roll. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, boy. Great <laughs> show prep, buddy. <laughs> An egg roll over the weekend. Okay. And uh, why don't you tell the backstory to this one, D? Go ahead. Come on. I had an egg roll and it was fantastic. That's the backstory? Yeah. Good God. All right. Let me give a look. Some of our listeners are probably wondering what happened to Mike Sula? We promised a Mike Sula interview and we del- we had a Mike Sula interview, but we had uh, some what we call technical difficulties uh, with the soundboard. Let's leave it at that. 
what happened was uh, Dennis had just finished. Uh, uh, we just finished the interview and uh, all of a sudden into Dennis apartment rushed a big Great Dane and it grabbed the tape <laughs> and ate it. <laughs> and Dennis, wait, that, that's the same dog that ate my eighth grade homework assignment. <laughs> Dude, you are coming hard in the paint with the sound effects this week already. Because <laughs> the thing got stuck in his esophagus. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, that's, I actually never thought I could do. <laughs> Anyway, the dog ate the homework. The dog ate the tape. So, unfortunately, thanks to that technical difficulty, we we're unable to play the Mike uh, Sula interview. Yeah, I accidentally Sula. deleted it, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I like the dog ate it, and it got stuck in its esophagus story better. Anyway, yeah, so there was a little problem. little hiccup, as they say. <laughs> so, uh, what we did, brilliant move by Dennis. I got to give him credit. He took the, uh, the interview we did with Sergio Mims and divided it in half, and we dropped that uh, one talking about... Uh, uh, Borat 2 and the other talking about Chicago 7 and uh, we're going to bring back Mike Sula in a couple weeks of the um, restaurant reviewer for the, uh, the, my beloved reader but the reason why uh, the egg roll story is relevant because in the interview Mike was giving us a tip about great food in the Chicago area and he told us about this delicious what jerk chicken egg roll is that what it was what'd you call me uh i said i did not say you jerked your chicken all right i said it was a jerk chicken egg roll and uh dennis immediately hopped uh, into his car my hands went on the wheel and drove out to bellwood right wasn't it bellwood that you went out to d yeah went to bellwood Mm -hmm. i want to say a little more about it she's gonna pull this guy up (laughs) what a a guest later yeah what are you charles groden all of a sudden that's an ancient uh, reference to charles groden no uh sula sula uh recommended this uh egg roll place in bellwood and i'm like Mm -hmm. well damn i love egg rolls so uh we went i was talking about it on friday actually yeah my bad guys i accidentally deleted this interview we're gonna get it up don't worry um but no i went and checked this egg roll place out tasty rolls it's called damn dude they are good really good egg rolls i had the uh what is it the italian beef egg roll Oh, you didn't get the uh, jerk chicken? Oh, I got that one, too. That was good. They're not like giant egg rolls. I didn't get two. Next time, I'm going to get more. Oh, they're not huge egg rolls. Good to know. Just an average size egg roll, you know? Yeah, just an average size. Anyway, uh, so uh, that's what Dennis did this week. He also saw Borat 2, but didn't really like it that much, Eh, huh, Nah, it was okay. First one was, I guess you just can't top the first one. I shouldn't put it... uh, I shouldn't compare them, you know, but the first one was just awesome. Yeah, that's a problem. The second ones don't always measure up to the first ones. But uh, anyway, delightful weekend for young Dennis. Uh, I had a great weekend, too. I saw the John Chu movie from night 2018, a little behind searching. Father looking for his missing daughter. Where is she? I need to know. Ah, my daughter, where is she? Great flick, ladies and gentlemen. Watch the World Series. You watch game, uh, what was it, game 5D nah. Saturday? Nah. Oh, my God. He dropped the ball. The catcher dropped the ball. Hey, never mind. You had to see it. How about those Bears, huh, D? What a team. Uh, let's forget about the Bears now. Let's get down to business, all right? But just between you and me, ladies and gentlemen, the Bears, they are worthless. Anyway, 
woke up this morning to see the coup was complete. Ladies and gentlemen, the coup is complete. There in the White House stood Amy Coney Barrett, hand raised in the air, sworn in as a Supreme Court justice, confirmed Monday night by a vote of the Senate, 52 to 48. Straight party line, except for Senator Susan Collins of Maine in tough race against Sarah Gideon. I think she's going to lose that race. A little too little too late, uh, Susan. Uh, uh, <laughs> independence uh, against Kavanaugh. Remember that vote? Huh? All these Republicans try to save their neck. Well, I give her credit. At least she uh, she voted no. Thanks for nothing, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Mitt Romney of Utah. And I'll throw Lamar Alexander in there of Tennessee. So much for the spirit of bipartisanship you're always talking about. That's a fantasy that only deluded Democrats actually believe in. Not in the real world. In the real world, a Republican politics, it's tooth and claw. Mitch McConnell like a savage bird swooping down from the skies to rip out our guts. It's Top notch. Oh, we know what it was. That was good. Oh, God, I'm good. It's like the bird sound he makes as he flies away back to his nest. Well, there's no show like the Ben Jarofsky show. I can tell you that. Yeah, man, I was doing this stuff back in sixth grade in my room. Okay, I'm still kind. Of, it's kind of like my room, D. Back in sixth grade, I'm only in the attic since 1922. <laughs> no, I was not in my room in 1922. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'd be alone talking to myself, kind of like this. You know, just, uh, just. Talking to myself as I sit in my room, make weird noises. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mitch McConnell is like a savage bird. He just he just rips those Democrats out. I'll remind you of this, folks. I know you know it by heart. Everybody knows it by heart by now. But back in 2016, when President Barack Obama, a Democrat, had the Scalia vacancy to fill in the Supreme Court, he wanted to appoint Merrick Garland, who was a centrist, one of those get-along judges. I get along with everyone. Oh, well, that'll work. All the Democrats said, we'll give him a centrist judge. Here's how it's going to work, guys. And they're going to go, oh, he's a centrist judge. He gets along with everyone. And so the Republicans will have to support him because they're swing voters who care about bipartisanship. Man, Mitch McConnell goes, no, most voters aren't even paying attention. I'm going to do what I want to do. And all my Republicans are following line. They wouldn't even give Merrick Garland a hearing. Democrats, oh, wow. The swing voters will make them pay for it. Such a blatant display of partisanship in our judicial Selection process. You watch. Those swing voters will make a pay. Man, those swing voters aren't paying attention, Democrats. What are you going to learn? Eh, you know what happened. Donnie won thanks to the swing vote in a handful of states. And he's been filling up. <laughs> he's been filling up those Supreme va- Court vacancies ever since. But you remember the principle. I love it when Republicans lay down a principle. This is a principle that we're following. And then like Dems actually believe them. Oh, there's a principle. What is the principle? Mitch McConnell, tell me what that principle is. Well, the principle is, is that we cannot uh, replace a a vacancy in the Supreme Court during a a presidential election year. We must let the voters decide. Oh, well, that principle lasted for about one election year. One. In 2020, we have another vacancy. Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies just weeks before the election. And the Republicans are like Usain Bolt sprinting to fill it. Usain Bolt is a Jamaican sprinter, perhaps the fastest man in the world from our, some of our sports challenge listeners. Yeah. 
No sooner do they fill it by that partisan vote, 52 to 48, then they're sprinting her over to the White House to get confirmed. <laughs> Hurry up! It's like the Jimmy John commercial. You ever hear that one, D? I love that Jimmy John commercial. The guy talks really fast. Hi, I'm Jimmy John. I'm going to get your delivery really fast. That's what it was like. It was probably a Jimmy John delivery man. They put uh, they put Amy Coney Barrett on the on the front of his bicycle. They got her over right over there. And then the, just to make sure everybody knew what they were up to, they had Justice Clarence Thomas swear her in. They didn't have... The Chief Justice, John Roberts, uh-uh. They wanted everybody to know what gangster move this was. See, you know, John Roberts sort of pretends as though he's sort of like, he does play that partisan game. Yeah, I mean, bipartisan game. Well, you know, we're we're just referees. We call the balls and strikes. We're umpires. That's what it is. We're umpires. That's what judges are. <laughs> There's no Republican judge. There's no Democrat judge. That that's That's like the myth. John Roberts puts out there being meanwhile Clarence Thomas is like, uh-uh. I'm a MAGA judge. I'm like that judge. We're gonna hear about our favorite judge down in Clay County. I rule for MAGA man. We're on the MAGA team. And just to let everybody know, Amy Coney Barrett's on the MAGA team too. So they uh they had uh, Clarence Thomas swear her in. Mm-hmm. Trump's sitting there with a big old smile on his face. <laughs> they even dragged Melania out for this one. <laughs> I guess they got some kind of prenuptial deal where she has to show up for certain occasions. <laughs> Good. Anyway, by the way, just want to point this out. I didn't see a mask in sight during that swearing in. You know, you figure the Republicans would have learned a lesson from that Rose Garden reception they held a couple weeks back when Amy Coney Barrett was introduced as the nominee, that turned into a super spreader event. Everybody was getting the virus. They lined up people in the White House. They were hugging and kissing and laughing and taunting Democrats and doing their Barack Obama imitation because they figured no Democrats were around. That's what Republicans do. Spitting on each other. <laughs> I forget how many people got it. I think at least six. I can't remember. And when it was all over, when they were all getting sick, they were all like, oh, my God, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Amy Coney Barrett, Ugh, maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Uh, what's his name? Chris Christie, former governor of, of New Jersey. He was there. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. The president of Notre Dame. Oh, maybe it wasn't a good idea uh, not to wear a mask. You know, are so intimidated by Trump. Trump wants to send that message that the virus isn't real. No need to wear a mask. So none of them wear masks. Yep, when they swear in, not a mask in sight. Might as well just put their middle finger in the air to everybody. And even if we get sick, we got like 20 doctors working on us. Donald Trump at the debate is blasting socialized medicine. Man, he's the biggest recipient of socialized medicine I've ever seen. How many doctors did he have? One after another here. Give him, give him more steroids. Every liberal is freaking out now. Every liberal I know. They figure there are five votes in the Supreme Court to do what it takes in a contested election to give the White House back to Donnie. Yeah, I can't argue with you, liberals. I cannot argue with you. That's why they're there. That's why Kavanaugh was there. That's why Gorsuch is there. That's why Amy Coney Barrett is there. Sammy Alito and Clarence Thomas have been waiting for this moment for years and years. I remember when they gave the White House a W back in 2000. Scalia said, get over it. Could you imagine? To, said that to the Democrats. Democrats still complaining like me. Get over it, Scalia said. 
Can you imagine the roles are reversed? Uh, just get over it, Republicans. Anyway, you know what? Trump is the least honest. But I'm going to give Donnie credit about something. He was honest about it. He said, I put her there. I'm putting her there because I need her vote. I need her vote to help me win the election, even when I lose the election. And I remember when they asked her about the question, she was like, during the hearing, well, you know, I can't really comment about cases that haven't happened yet. <laughs> you know, Amy Coney Barrett, you, you should have just been honest. You should have said, yep, I'm going in there. I'm going to deliver the election to Donnie, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. I would have appreciated the honesty. Still would have won 52 to 48, by the way. Anyway, right on time over the weekends, the Supremes delivered a 5-4 verdict on behalf of the Republican Party in Wisconsin. No votes to be counted that come in three days after the election. Democrats are outraged. Hey, see, it's a political ruling intended to benefit the Republicans. It is. They think that the Supreme Court is already biased against Democrats. It is. They realize finally that the Republicans played a game win and they played a game run around and lose weights. Yet that is how it goes, how it's always been. Why Republicans who get less votes in every presidential election control the White House, the Senate, and the courts. Yep. Here's what you got to do, Democrats. Got to dry your eyes, stop crying, get to work, get that vote out early. You know, it could hurt Republicans too, by the way, that ruling in Wisconsin. You know, Republican voters may be late casting their ballots, but you watch. You watch those slicksters, those slickster Republicans up in Wisconsin. They'll find some way, clever way to count the late ballots from red townships. They'll figure out some interpretation that fits their needs. See, they don't play to be nice. They play to win. And it's about time the Dems did the same. We got a great show today, everybody. Yeah! Yes, Candace. Let's Candace. go, baby! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Let me tell you about Candace Castillo. Tell him. Place to win. She's not afraid. She's not like some Democrat going, huh? Can we get along, please? Oh, by the way, no. I-, I forgot to tell you, over the weekend, have, did you know Candace Castillo's in a Vote Yes for Fairness ad? You kind of stole the lead oh. of my interview with her. Oh. Hello, pre-show prep and planning. Don't you remember? <laughs> you never Hello. told me that. My name is Dr. D. <laughs> yes, I do know that. We're going to talk about that, guys. Get ready. Yeah. Do you have the ad, by the way? Uh, I can find it, I guess. Yeah, that would have been fun to have that. That would have been that would have constituted real pre-show planning. Yeah, that would have been As real good pre-show prep. Dennis and I up and let the cat, oh open back, let cat out. We're gonna, I'm not going to tell you. Go back in time to our pre-show planning discussion. Yeah, those spent, suck. <laughs> he spent ten minutes talking about the Rams. This is me. Oh, yeah, the Rams left St. Louis in 2010. This is Dennis. No, Ben, I think it was 2015. This is me. No, 2010. Back and forth we went. Finally, I looked it up, and guess what? He was right. Pre-show planning on the Ben Jarofsky show. You should not let that cat out of the bag, D. Do you think Alan DeGeneres has pre-show planning like that? Of course not. As every step of the show is carefully choreographed and plotted out. 
Ellen and her producers, her staff. Now, we have a huge staff, too, on the Ben Jarofsky Show. In addition to Dennis, there's Vilma, there's Bobby Joe, there's Billy Bob, there's Hank, there's Henry, there's Craigslist. There's yeah, a lot. Obviously, all those names were made up, guys. It's just me and Ben. <laughs> Every day, that giant staff. We had to get a bigger room to fit them all in, particularly with COVID. You know. Anyway, well, we yeah, the newsroom. Those dirty hippies. Yeah, what happened in the newsroom? Yeah. We haven't heard from the. They're worthless. That is correct. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that is correct. Oh, yeah. Who's that? You'll find out soon, oh, Pally. You'll oh, find out soon. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think I know. That is correct. <laughs> You're right, T. I was way off. Anyway, that's sneak hint. Just, just kick it to me, would you please? Good Lord. All right, anyway, Candace. And after Candace Castillo, Troy LaRavier will be here. I'm looking forward to that interview. But before we do that, the young man from home, the man that we proudly call Dr. Doobie with the news. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois. This at what? What's so funny? <laughs> Always cracks me up when you go, I'm Dennis. I've been hearing it for two years now. It just cracks me up. I'm Dennis. <laughs> just saying my name, dude. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker at 1130. Governor Pritzker was at Eden Park in Champaign, Illinois. He was there at 1130 to announce manufacturing training opportunities. And now he's at Advocate South Suburban Hospital in Hazel Crest for his daily COVID-19 update. Now, in case you didn't know, and if you don't know this. It's definitely your first time listening to this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show. But in case you didn't know, two groups of people aren't particularly happy with Governor Pritzker and his five-phase strategy to reopen Illinois. Let's begin with phase one. No, we're not doing that, Jimmy. <laughs> we are not doing that, pal. Wait, what about the Grammy thing? <laughs> we'll do that tomorrow. Okay. Love the Grammy thing. Sorry. <clears throat> but there's Focus. two groups of people aren't really happy with Governor Pritzker mm. at the moment. Restaurants and Republicans. Tell you what. <laughs> Illinois could use a new governor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the Illinois Restaurant Association is pushing back on Pritzker's latest pandemic mitigation efforts. No more indoor dining and earlier closing times. And Illinois Republicans, well, they're claiming that all of this is about taking away their rights and shouting conspiracy at the top of the mountain. And we do have an update on the person who's actually suing the governor at the moment for the second time. Yes, it's the downstate hog farmer and state rep out of Clay County, Ben's boy, DB, Darren Bailey. Last week, a Sangamon <laughs> County judge denied the governor's request to vacate a ruling against Bailey by a Clay County judge. Bailey claims in his lawsuit that Pritzker's emergency powers regarding COVID-19 have expired and the General Assembly should step in. And Ben, it must be your lucky day. We have audio from Darren Bailey to play today on the program. That is correct. <laughs> And we're going to play that audio. But before we do that, Ben, uh, that was him right there. We actually haven't heard uh, Darren Bailey speak that much. And, well, since he is your boy, I know uh, you do a mean impression of Darren Bailey. So before we hear more of this audio, 
Let's hear that Darren Bailey impression. Maybe we'll compare and contrast here. All right. I'll do the Dar- my Darren Bailey uh, impression. Uh, that's correct. No, that's cheating. I'd never heard his voice before, I don't think. If I did, I forgot it. I usually had Darren Bailey. I'm DB. It was like real big and burly, right? I'm DB. Look out. Yeah, I guess that was my impression of DB. But actually, I put him in a box and it was wrong of me to do so, D. Go ahead. You learn something new every day, I guess, Ben. Mm-hmm. Now, let's play the Bailey interview. This comes from IllinoisNewsroom.org and mm-hmm. Jim Meadows. Ben, weigh in with your thoughts here on Darren Bailey and how Jim Meadows did. You know, you are an interviewer as well, so it'd be nice mm-hmm. to hear a critique on Mr. Meadows. So let's Do get you going. Know Meadows? No, I know, Tim, Tim, Meadow? I know I Tim Meadows, the guy from Saturday Well, I don't know him, but that's the guy from Saturday Night Live. Don't know a Jim Meadows. Okay. All right. Just curious. All right. Let's play the interview here. Now, Darren Bailey does not expect the governor to accept last week's ruling against him. Isn't that correct, Darren Bailey? Well, that is correct. The governor Pritzker will probably appeal it. So, uh, and, and, and he's asking for the entire case to be heard, you know, which is including count one, which argues if he even had the authority to issue an emergency order proclamation in the first place because we believe most of the times for instance when he issues emergency proclamations let's say there's there's an area that is flooding so the national guard gets called out you know to sandbag levees to sandbag businesses as the illinois emergency management agency act specifically says to advert further damage okay so our argument is that well covid was here that you know the levee was breached the water's up the flooding's taking place so therefore he should have allowed this emergency management agency act to kick in with county health department oversight and and then enacted called the legislature back into session to make law as opposed to him uh, continuing with these executive orders that he has no authority to be doing. So your Darren your Darren Bailey impression is awful. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I'm not even going to try to do it. He's got a, it's a higher voice. It's kind of a pinched voice, as yeah. they say. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if I've ever heard it before. That was actually a very you know listen to DB Darren Bailey. It was like the early days of uh, listening to Raylo. Uh, Raymond Lopez. Uh, maybe uh, Darren Bailey will become a, a favorite on this show like Raylo has. Oh. Ray, Raymond Lopez, alderman from the 15th Ward in the southwest side of Chicago, uh, was a loyalist to Mayor Rahm, but since Lloyd Lightfoot was elected, he's assumed the role of an independent watchdog. And I like that role. I believe we should have that in democracy. Uh, I wish more Republicans, uh, I wish DB would have that role, would adopt that role in case of DT, Donnie Trump. But put that aside for the moment. Uh, I thought that DB was making some relevant points there, Darren Bailey. Those are some good points that he's making, much like Raymond Lopez makes good points. You know, and so here's the deal. Let's assume uh, that JB had gone to the state house. He would have won. I mean, the Democrats control the state house. So I don't. Why not get the legislature to uh, vote for it? I'm sure there's some Dem who could explain to me why uh, that wouldn't be prudent, Ben. Uh, but I I, uh, I think that's a relevant point, valid point. 
you know, we don't live uh, uh, in a monarchy except for with the federal government. Uh, we don't have a chief executive officer who could do whatever he want despite what the courts say, uh, except for uh, with the federal government. Uh, we don't have a chief executive officer who's above the law and can give his middle finger uh, to anybody who dares to defy him, except for the federal government. You know, it's a pattern here. Just saying, DB. I wish I'd seen some of this spunkiness. I wish I'd seen some of this independence when it came to the federal government. Many of the same points you're making about uh, JB are absolutely relevant to Donald Trump. I could believe in that bipartisan spirit, that notion that there are principles beyond party loyalties that dictates and governs what Republicans do. I can believe that if I saw you apply the same principles you're applying to JB to Donnie. That's all I'm saying, DB. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. Well, that's not all he's saying. We got more clips to play. Here's more from Darren Bailey. So that's Oh, take it away, Jim Meadows, by the way. So that's a key thing here is is getting the legislature in the process. If they so desire, we've got everything we need for the process. This governor is usurping his constitutional authority by declaring additional executive orders. Speaking as a legislator yourself, if this emergency comes before the General Assembly, how do you want the state to address the COVID-19 outbreak? Well, I've been arguing that since day one. Uh, uh, Many states never closed. Uh, Just about every state around us seems to be open right now. It seems to me that as we keep closing, as we keep restricting people, then every time, this this is a virus. It's not going to disappear. So it's much like the flu. So we have flu season. Every fall we know this comes around. This is probably something that I believe from the information that I'm hearing from the doctors that I talk to that, you know, this this may, may rear its head from time to time. So to destroy the local economy uh, over this, the financial pandemic, that's the truth pandemic that's, that's taking place. The mental health pandemic, that's taking place. Our school children, uh, in many cases, are being kept home. Uh, the nursing homes are, are being locked down. So as a representative, I hear this all day long from, from people across the state. That's what I'm standing up fighting against. All right, so uh, first of all, by the way, good job by Meadows. Let's, can we right. give Meadows a, a little applause? That was a very subtle way of asking, how do you want him to, you know, how would you vote? He goes, how would you, instead of saying, how would you like to see the state reps? Good follow-up question, Meadows. And DB comes right at it. Then he starts he kind of waffling a little bit, doing that little DB dance he does. Little Ross Perot, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sucking sound you heard? Oh, wait, that's before your time, D. That was in the 1992 presidential debate. Or was it 96? Oh, I can't remember. The sucking sound you heard was Jobs going to Mexico. I think it was 96, but I could be wrong. Anyway, a little da- uh, dancing and dodging there because he starts off by saying, you know, that it's really this principle. <laughs> that he's upholding. He's this very important principle, which has to be upheld in Illinois when we have a Democratic uh, governor, but does not have to be upheld in Washington when we have a Republican president. A very important principle, but only when a Democrat's in charge. All right, got that. Hold on. Very important principle, but only when Democrat in charge. That is correct. Right. Thank you. And then we get into the specifics. And that's where he goes MAGA on us. 
that's where he's like leaving the rails a little bit because it's either a dangerous virus that's not going away or it's like the flu which just pops up every now and then is not harmful and we don't need to shut down the, the economy over and by the way you know what i really what really grinds my gears d that's the sound of my gears is being ground. i mean you, you explain it but we all know you're a sound effects master dude i know you know i'm really it's just unbelievable sixth grade again <laughs> that's my gears being ground what really grinds my gears whenever a Republican, when necessary, brings up the need uh, to, for, about to address mental health issues. It's like suddenly with the uh, pandemic lockdown, Republicans are worried about mental health issues. Never worried about mental health issues any other time. By the way, it's not just Republicans. Many Democrats in Chicago the same way. Mayor Rahm closed those health clinics. All the aldermen go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We're saving like $10. Wow, what a genius mayor. I'll vote for it, 50 to nothing. Then, you know, police are just grappling with the issue of dealing with people who are unstable. They don't know how to do it. Do it. It's clear. They don't know what to do in those situations. It's clear that you need mental health experts. And all of a sudden, everybody in Chicago is like, oh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't such a great idea to close all mental health clinics. Republicans don't even have that second. They just deal like when there's some kind of massive shooting, Donald Trump goes, well, it's clarity, mental health. We needed to deal with mental health. And then, of course, once the headlines over, not a nickel for mental health. So I would believe D.B. more when he talks about our mental health needs. If I actually saw him or any other Republican, like, try to address that. Just saying, D. Just saying. All right, but wait, there's more. And hey, way to go, Jim Meadows. Ben Jarofsky's a fan. Is there also a danger that if that approach is taken, that the level of outbreak may go higher than it is already right now? Obviously, you know, the numbers are spiking again. But so far, when we see the numbers spike, they come back down. But if we continue to pull back in and rein ourselves in, we are preventing what probably is going to have to happen with the virus. Are, are we waiting on a vaccination or, or some medication to take care of this? I don't know when that's going to come. When's the next strain of, a, of another virus going to come? We are not getting the answers from the Illinois Department of Public Health that we are asking for. The data and the information that they tell us they, they have, uh, they don't present it. And, and constantly their mitigation situations have changed many times. So it's certainly a situation where, uh, you know, we're free Americans. And my argument is that we should live like that because what's at stake with these shutdowns is our economy and our mental health situation. Oh, they the all-important mental health situation, which I will proceed to ignore from here on out. The all-important mental health situation. You know, Dan, that was some skating around. Hey, I'll tell you what, DB is more like a figure skater. We talked about... Uh, hey, I was born tonight, but not last night, buddy, all right? <laughs> J.B. Pritzker dancing and dodging. J.B. Travolta, Sugar Ray Pritzker. Remember those days? He was dancing and dodging. But uh, what D.B.'s thing is he, like, agrees with this question and then just skates around. So well, the Meadow's good. Isn't there a danger that, uh, you know, we'll just have... If we, if we let up on the protocol that... Uh, there'll be an increase he goes yeah there's it's always going up it's always going down there's spikes all the time but we're free americans there we go free well so what we do nothing we just that's it you know it's like nothing about just fill up the hospitals with sick people is that what we're gonna do not gonna wear masks not gonna mandate masks in public places just not 
Let it go the way it is. I mean, all I know is that most Republicans, well, I shouldn't say this. No, you know, I was going to say something, D, and I'm going to back up. I'm not going to say it because I censored myself before I said something that I wasn't even going to agree with. But I realized I wasn't going to agree with it by the time uh, I started it. But I'm just saying that this is the wing of the Republican Party that has somehow or other equated freedom and liberty uh, with an inability of government to protect its citizens. So now what's what's next? No motorcycle helmets, no uh, helmets required for motorcycle riders, no seatbelts for cars. How about just letting everybody go on an airplane without going through the metal detector? I got a lot of libertarian friends still irritated about that from 2001. Let's just do away with all requirements. Freedom, liberty, America. It's for some reason, they fastened on this one. And I think it's a, a vanity thing, actually. Deep down inside, it's like they think there's something undignified about wearing a mask. Listen, D, I kind of share it. Oh, no, confession time, D. I didn't like wearing a mask. You know, Samina Mustafa told me that I should always wear a mask, even if I'm walking down the street and there's nobody near me. It's at night. I go for my night walks. Walking down the street, Samina goes, you should always wear a mask. I wear a mask, Ben. When I walk down the street, someone could come through the alley. But I got a little Darren Bailey in me, D. I don't want to wear that mask. So, you know, I I put the mask in my hand. If I see somebody, quit. (laughs) Smother my face. I got the mask on. I don't really have enough. So I get you, DB. You don't think you look good with the mask on? No, I told you before, when you put the mask on, Michael Madigan made you wear the mask, you look very good. Very handsome young man with the mask on. In fact, some people would argue you're better looking with the mask on than with the mask off. Just saying that I've heard that argument advanced. But I'm just saying, DB, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that there's a danger. You're worried about health problems for citizens of Illinois and then say there's nothing government should do about it. You can't say you're worried about mental health conditions of the people in the state of Illinois and then doing absolutely nothing about it. You're either going to address the health considerations that we're facing in Illinois or you're just going to pretend that you're helpless. They don't exist. We live in a free market, libertarian country where anybody can do what they want. And if you drop dead from COVID, so be it. All right, we got one more Darren Bailey clip to play here. Uh, shout out to Jim Meadows in IllinoisNews.org. When you said what probably has to happen with this virus, are you talking about herd immunity? Possibly, yes. If you need to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If you're concerned, you stay home. But to continue to uh, destroy the economy as is being done, we're going to see some long-lasting effects that I don't believe that we're fully aware of right now. I agree with, by the way, heck of a, I, I like Meadows. Good job, Meadows. You get medals on the show, man. Uh, he did a really good job. But just think about that one line. Again, DB, you're skating all over the pond. If you need to wear a mask, you wear a mask. What the hell does that mean? If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. I mean, I don't even know what that means. Everybody needs to wear a mask. It's protection. It's like, why would one, oh, I guess what he's saying that if you have COVID, you know, and you're walking around, you should wear a mask. Well, if you have COVID, you shouldn't be walking around anyway. The whole point of wearing a mask is maybe you have COVID, you don't realize you want to protect people. I don't know. Maybe you want that little protection for yourself. 
The point is, it's not like somebody, well, this guy needs to wear a mask, but I don't need to wear a mask. Well, you need to wear a mask too. What are you like, Superman? Super DB? I mean, that just goes, that's skating. See, that's not like, like he's not, he's just pretending that he's making an argument. He's not really making an argument. If you need to wear a mask, you wear a mask. We all need to wear a mask. If Dennis needs to wear a mask, I need to wear a mask. Not like he needs to wear a mask more than I do. Anyway, good job, Jim Meadows. And D, I want to thank you for dragging that out because now I'm going to have to do an honest, legitimate DB imitation. I was going to say, you know, you just heard like five clips of this dude. Now let's hear uh, your newest Darren Bailey impression before we move on. Well, here's the thing. My good friend, uh, Dr. D, from Alton, Illinois, he's a great guy. He loves Jimmy Buffett. But here's the thing. Jimmy Buffett doesn't wear a mask. You need a little country twang to it. Bruce Springsteen wears a mask. There it is. There it is. Jimmy Buffett don't wear a mask. Now, Dr. D, he wears a mask. But when he goes down to Alton, he doesn't wear a mask. And that hippie freak he's on that show with, Baby J, he don't wear a mask. I'm D.B., I'll prove this ad. <laughs> I got it, D. Come on, D. Hold on, open the bag. I let that DB imitation out of the bag. Yeah, uh, you know, in case uh, people were wondering when we were ever going to have Darren Bailey on the program, well, after that, it's for sure. Never. Good God. This guy probably hates our guts. Uh, DB, we give him so much attention and love. How many talk shows in the city of Chicago have given DB this much love? Huh? I'd say he's the public fan. But there's a challenge. He's a challenger. I've said all along, he's the face of the Republican Party in Illinois right now. He's the main man in the Republican Party. Sorry, Jimmy Durkin. Take a back seat. Sorry, Jeannie Ives. Take a back seat. Jim Oberoi. Take a back seat. It's DB. Pride and joy. Hi, I'm DB. But <laughs> getting better at it, huh, Dennis? Yeah, you're getting better. I love getting country cornflakes. But let me tell you something right now. He's got some challenge. RB. I'm not talking about RB Graves. And I'm not talking about RB, your favorite roast beef store. Oh, I love Arby's. <laughs> I know. Every time, the, ah, the old days, D and I would be walking down the street in downtown Chicago. We'd pass that Arby's. He'd go, can we go in? No, we have a train to catch. Oh, they wanna. Come on, fatty, let's go. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. He's got competition, D. R.B. Rod Blagojevich. It's going to be D.B. versus R.B. Be the public face of the Republican Party in 2022. That is correct. <laughs> well, thank you very much, D.B. Let's hear your D.B. imitation. Now, I'll tell you what we need to do here. To, you know, mask, wear it if you want. I don't care. Wear it. Don't wear it. I don't know, man. Question is, you want to go to farming home? <laughs> you know what? I have to con concede. This is better imitation of mine. I got to make that confess. Listen, on, do what you want. Watch Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, whatever you want, man. The question is, you want to go to farming home? <laughs> that's the thing. That's like, you know, that's, that's, that is, that's so cool. You got the essence of it. It's like, you want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask? Don't wear a mask. Like, no, DB, you don't understand. It's like, doesn't work that way. Like, the whole point of the mask is to protect everybody. So if you just don't wear the mask, you're not protected. Ah, who cares? It's like the flu. It goes up, it goes down. Who cares? 
Uh, it's not a tyranny we live in. Oh, except for uh, the Donald Trump part. Well, except for that. Tuesday, October 27th, the day we pissed off all of our downstate listeners. That is correct. <laughs> All right, let's move you on. Started it. Oh, by the way, I'm like my imitation better. <laughs> by the way, I keep hearing that phone ringing. Springfield politicians, <laughs> they promise they won't tax oh, retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. Answer that phone. It's Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis. Hey, I just got to tell you, oh, is that phone ringing again? Yes. Springfield politicians. <laughs> It's still ringing. I don't know who it is. Want me to run down and pick it up? Hello? No, that's all right. We've made it a bit now. That's now Phyllis. Okay. Uh, on to the news in the city of Chicago. No public events scheduled for our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh. Good afternoon, Mayor. <laughs> Can you hear the phone still? Absolutely. All right, hold on. Let me go shut the door. All right. Here great. we go. Go ahead. Just stall, man. Talk about Phyllis. All right. Uh, Phyllis is this lady. Sounds like she... Uh, smokes millions of cigarettes uh she's voting no for the fair tax this year how are you voting on the fair tax this year huh send us an email benny j show at boy he loves stomping benny j show at gmail.com b-e-n-n-y the letter j show at gmail.com by the way coming up today a brand new song from michael girardi great stalling by the way i did not know about the brand new song yep we didn't discuss that in the pre-show. Yeah, we don't talk about anything during the pre-show, dude. Uh, no, we did. We talked about the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Conversation. yeah. Uh-huh. Conversations that go nowhere. All right. No public <laughs> event scheduled for Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, but the mayor made the headlines while we were away. And the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woe Man Spielman. The headline reads... Alderman pressure Lightfoot to find alternative to $94 million property tax increase. Chicago Alderman on Monday delivered a message loud and clear to Mayor Lightfoot. Their constituents can't afford a property tax increase of any size, let alone $94 million, followed by annual cost of living increases. Lightfoot has called the $94 million increase, quote, modest because it will cost the owner of a home valued at $250,000 a month. <laughs> oh yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, so only $56 more each year. That's right. Uh, only $56 more dollars each year. <laughs> but during opening day of city council budget hearings, chief financial officer Jenny Huang Bennett acknowledged the actual annual increase would be 112 uh, when property taxes for Chicago public schools, city colleges, and Cook County are factored in. That's probably more than that, but whatever. We discussed this last week. We were one step ahead of the game. How about that, D? Those aldermen must have been listening to the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah, I Remember, doubt that. Uh, Mayor like, yeah, well, Lorelo was listening. Uh, but uh, yes, as we discussed last week, the budget hearing in the Chicago City Council is just about the city's budget. This is part of the game that they play. So they don't talk about the school budget or the water rec budget or the library budget or the park district budget. If you take a look at your property tax bill, you'll see that the city's portion of that is about 20% of the total but of all the property taxes you pay. So if they raise the city taxes, the other taxes are gonna go up too. Ooh. So you're gonna pay more than the $53. And Lori was like a used car salesman. $53. Or was it 56? 56. 56. $56. Have I got a car for you? Come on down, Lori Lightfoot Chevrolet. Oh, I love cars. <laughs> 
Oh my God, man! Lori Lightfoot's got it easy compared to JB. She didn't have to deal with DB. Well, I guess she's got Raylo. I take it back. Still got it easy compared to JB. You know that D. Just fifty six dollars. Come on down. And so the aldermen are like, um, actually, I heard on the Ben Jarofsky show um, that you also have to pay for schools. Oh well, yeah, that's true. But we're not discussing that right now, Alderman. Man, the city's broke. State's broke. It's because we're on top of everything else. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People aren't working. People aren't going to stores, not buying as much, not as much tax money flowing in. What are we going to do? Well, that attitude will get us nowhere. Come on, we got to fight, man. <laughs> and over the course of this very tough year, we have been on the ropes, and a referee has oh, started yeah. the 10 count a couple of times. But like Barney Ross, the oh, 1930s yeah. fighter who grew up in the Maxwell Street neighborhood. We have gotten back up, legs stronger, steely focus, and resolve to fight on. All right. Show of hands in the Chicago City Council, 50 aldermen. How many of you have ever heard of Barney Ross before? Scott Wagsback, don't cheat and say you heard of him when you know you didn't. Okay. Not one alderman has ever heard of Barney Ross. I'm the only one who heard of him because I'm ancient. Raylo had to admit, I never heard of him. Wonder if Adolfo Mondragon has heard of him. He's a big boxing fan. Next time El Dragon's on the show, D, remember to ask him. Write one of those little post-its. Uh, El Dragon Bernie Ross. Well, um, Adolfo was on the program recently. You can download his podcast at both Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Also, Ray Lopez was on the program. If you haven't heard that interview with uh, the 15th Ward Alderman, you really should uh, check it out. Always honest that Ray Lopez, uh, both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. All right, more talk uh, from Mayor Lightfoot here and more talk about the budget. The following comes from Block Club Chicago, Alex Nitkin, and uh, The Daily Line. Whatever that means. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot and top financial officials in her administration on Monday stood by their proposal to widen the criteria for issuing speeding tickets next year, saying they did so primarily as a public safety measure. Lightfoot's plan to close $1.2 billion uh, in the budget gap includes a $38.8 million hike in fines, fees, and forfeitures over 2020, including by ticketing drivers who exceed the speed limit by more than six miles per hour. The $35 citation first reported by the Chicago Tribune, would be sent to drivers who are twice caught by cameras driving between 6 and 9 miles per hour over the speed limit. The first infraction would incur a warning. The mayor, who campaigned in part on ending the city's reliance on ticketing to balance its finances, said during a press conference Monday the added fines are, quote, about keeping communities safe. Following a recent, in- following a recent increase in speeding-related accidents and deaths. Yeah, this is a story that the Tribune broke. I think it was on Sunday. Don't quote me on that, T. Uh, so uh, kudos to the Tribune. They figured this out somehow or other. They figured this out. <laughs> Look, they're desperate for money, ladies and gentlemen. City's desperate for money. So Lori Lightfoot's doing what every mayor that I can recall going back to the days of the early 90s with Richard M. Daly has done, and that's jack up fees and fines. So Mayor Lightfoot, remember that? Mayor, Mayor Lightfoot in 2019, I remember she came to the hideout and said this, I'm outraged by squeezing average Chicagoans 
for parking tickets and speeding tickets. It's just unfair. We shouldn't be shaking them down. We should look for other means of raising revenue. And there's so much waste in our budget anyway. We can cut. Uh, we can cut the waste. And there's you know all those tiffs that we could use. No need for those tiffs. <laughs> that was candidate Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, different lady there. <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Man. like squeeze them. The Chicago driver is like an accordion. I'm going to squeeze that accordion. Mama's got a squeeze box. Daddy doesn't sleep in that. (laughs) That's a song from the 70s that's got everyone baffled. Yeah. There goes another campaign. D, take that bottle thing. Do the bottle thing you always do with the breaking bottle. Yeah? Yeah, just break the bottle. Watch. All right, hold on a second. Uh, so you want me to... Uh, break the bottle. Break the bottle, huh? Thank you, D. Well done. That's another campaign promise being smashed. Oh, that was awesome. Right, come on. <laughs> There's another one. The first one was the TIFF pledge. The second one is I'm not going to squeeze motorists. Wait. Oh, that was her actual bottle of beer that she had at the hideout. <laughs> Two-hearted ale. The hipster beer. Was she drinking that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. What a memory you Dude, have. she rolled in on a skateboard, man. She was cool. <laughs> smoking a doobie? No, she was not smoking a doobie, okay? Just joking around there. Anyway, uh, not there'd be anything wrong with it if you were. Just saying. Uh, so remember Mayor Rahm? Let's just go back and yeah, let's just reminisce about Mayor Rahm. The good old days of Mayor Rahm. <laughs> Mayor Rahm. Mayor Rahm was such a fraud. He'd look at the camera. I'm doing this because we have severe traffic problems in the city of Chicago. People are going through, they're speeding, going by schools. They're speeding through red lights. This is not about raising money for the city. And then Channel 7, I think it was, breaking news. Here at Channel 7, we discovered that Rama Emanuel's going through red lights. Make a chill pill, man. (laughs) Yeah, Rama Emanuel, chill pill taking Rama. Going through those red lights. Get out of my way. I got stuff to do. I guess. And then they would like ticket them every now and then. They would ticket them, you know, because they had the camera. They get the ticket. Oh, Mayor Rahm. Rip that ticket up. Ah, criminal justice in the city of Chicago. It's justice for just us. I actually heard he almost got a speeding ticket on his bike. He's such a biker. I just biked around Lake Michigan. How many miles was it, uh, Mayor? I just biked around Lake Michigan. Oh, and how many miles was it, did you say? I'm sorry, I missed that. Nearly a thousand miles. Oh, thank you for that clarification, that identification. And did you talk to anybody about health care? No, nobody wants health care. I went over to Wisconsin and Michigan. Nobody cares. Thank you, Mayor Ron. By the way, Dave, have you been watching the George Stephanopoulos show lately? No. Did you ever? <laughs> I'm wondering if Chris Christie's back yet. That's all. It's just, I never watched the George Stephanopoulos show, Concession Time, Confession Time, because I'm not up early enough. That's the real reason. Uh, by the way, do you see that funny picture that's been floating around uh, social me- memes, <laughs> memes, or whatever they're called, and Facebook? And, like it's as a conservative guy with a sign talking about liberals and a liberal's day. And it was kind of like true, like wake up at noon. Yeah, I can get. <laughs> Eat, go to McDonald's. I was laughing. That's pretty good. <laughs> Complain about it. I was like, you know what? I got to give you credit, conservative guy. That's pretty funny. 
All it's right. my day. Any, Wake up at noon. Anything else you want to say here about uh, the speeding tickets? We're now. Oh, uh, come on, Mayor Lightfoot. You're squeezing the motorists. You said you weren't going to squeeze them, and now you're squeezing them like they're accordions. <laughs> and it's not for safety issues. My God. This is, oh my God, folks, if there's any youngsters out there who want to know what it's like to be a reporter, pity, pity the Chicago Tribune reporters. The mayor will say something, official will say something, which they just make up. They just make it up as they go along. You know, well, we're doing this for safety reasons because we've seen an uptick in accidents that are occurring because people are speeding. So the Tribune has three reporters, D. Digging through, going through all of them. Well, actually, we counted up all the accidents and there's only one. Oh my God, isn't that embarrassing? Like the mayor cares. Oh, big deal. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to say what I want anyway. Just like DB, I'll say whatever I want, whatever I want to say, and I don't care what you say. Facts? Who cares about facts? So, yes, they're squeezing the taxpayers because, as Lori Lightfoot figures, what's worse? Squeezing some motorists who's six mile driving six miles over the limit, or raising property taxes sixty three dollars as opposed to fifty six dollars. I think I'll go with squeezing the motorist. So yeah, she kind of went back on her promise there, D. But so it goes. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. <laughs> Okay. All right. So there you are, everybody. That's the local news. Uh, we're going to take a break now. But before we do that, we want to remind everyone to find us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email. We got a lot of emails, actually. We got to uh, take some time here to read some emails this week on the show. Uh, Benny J Show at gmail.com. Benny J Show at gmail.com. And you can call us and leave us a voicemail. 708-658-4788. That number again. 708-658-4788. Reach out to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Leave us a voicemail. Send us an email. Do whatever you want to do. And there's a good chance we will read your comments on the program. We got Candace Castillo coming up. In the, by the way, Ben, I need you to send me Candace's email. I'm looking for it here. Uh, I don't think we got it. <laughs> Should have done that in pre-show prep. Uh, oh, and he just sent it. Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. All come right. on, man. Come on. I've been hanging out with millennials for years now. Okay. I'll be editing that out. And, <laughs> and hey, we got a brand new song. A brand new song to play from our good friend, Michael Girardi. Can't thank this man enough. All right. We were uh, kind of hurting there for a little bit. We had no music uh, to play for a while. And Michael Girardi had our back And slowly but surely This dude has an album now All right, Full of songs Made specifically for the Ben Jarofsky show So we got the latest from Michael Girardi To play for all of you Let's see here I believe he calls this song Make It Stop The latest from Michael Girardi Ben, we gotta get Michael I told him uh, I responded to him on the email We gotta get him on the program uh, And have an interview And if his quality's good Maybe maybe have him play a song or two You know What did he say? Was he open to that? He said, I'd love to, man Hell yeah Is that an imitation of Michael (laughs) Girardi? Yeah, sure That sounded like my own imitation of DB But now it's like this (laughs) Hi, I'm Dennis I love DB. Now listen, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Do what you want to do. I don't care, man. Do what you want to do. The big question is, you want to go to farming home? You know, he sounds like your uncle. Eldon. What is your uncle? 
Eldon. He sounds like Uncle Eldon. <laughs> All right, here's Mike. I love that hippie guy, DB. <laughs> here's Michael Girardi. We'll be back with Candace Castillo. All right. This election, Chicago voters are casting a ballot on much more than the President of the United States. 
Some of the races we will be voting on include the Cook County State's Attorney, over 60 judges, our Water Reclamation District Commissioners, and changes to our taxes. Springfield politicians. Phyllis? With all these races, candidates, and issues, casting an informed ballot can seem like a challenge. But Chicago Votes, a nonpartisan organization, is here to provide you with information on the candidates and issues on the ballot. Their voter vote, their 2020 voter guide is available digitally at chicagovotes.com and chicagoreader.com. Pull it up on your laptop, take it with you into the voting booth on your phone, and feel confident in knowing who and what you're voting for. Chicagovotes.com. number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Always a blast of my show when the great Candace Castillo can join us. She is, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list everything that Candace is to you, right? You ready? She's a talk show host with her own talk show on that station. I can't remember the name of, but somewhere in Chicago. WCPT uh, 820. Oh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, WC, you later. Anyway, uh, she's a political strategist. Uh, she's chief of staff to one of my favorite older women in the whole world, Jeanette Taylor. JT, as I like to call her, 20th Ward. Uh, and uh, she is a pretty sharp observer, chronicler of national and local politics. So with that, I welcome back to the show, the great Candace Castillo. Welcome back, Candace. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm doing well, and uh, uh, I have to say before we get started that on top of everything else, Candace is now a TV star, or as I would do it in, in my radio voice, the TV star. Uh, you're the star of the fair tax commercial, Candace. You thought you'd sneak that past me without me seeing that, right? Boo! I am not the star of the fair tax commercial. I just happen to be in a couple. Okay. All right. You're one of the stars. It's an array of stars, a, a constellation. There's a lot of little stars up there. And you're wearing some super cool uh, uh, blue jean jacket, which I love blue jean jacket. So looking really good in that commercial, Candace. Talk about the fair tax, if you will. So, look, as we know, billionaires and millionaires and upper 100,000 heirs, right, have mm -hmm. never paid their fair share in Illinois. Um, Illinois and Chicago, what we're going through during budget season, is still being built off the backs of the working class. And enough is enough. JB, JB needs to pay his fair share. So does Ken Griffith and everybody else who just builds off of working people from the city taxes that are going up. I don't care if they're going up $5. They're going up to us not those people at the top not paying their fair share. Think about it. A person that makes $40,000 a year should not have a higher tax bill than somebody that makes $400,000 a year. That doesn't make sense for anybody, and that definitely doesn't make sense for black and brown people or the working class in Chicago. All right, let's talk about that last point you made. It doesn't make sense for black and brown people in the working class in Chicago. Your sense, uh, Candace Castillo, of how the electorate in Chicago uh, is going to respond to the fair tax initiative. Has it grabbed the imagination? Uh, has it, ca it captured? Is it in people's minds? Do they understand what's at stake here uh, it, with this referendum? It's on the ballot uh, on November 3rd. I 
think they do. I think, you know, I get a lot, I have a lot of friends that don't work or pay attention to the political sphere. And they're like, wait, my friend is in this commercial, so I at least need to know what it's about. It cracks me up, but it makes sense. And once I have a cousin who's a lawyer in Evanston, and she says, tell them people that, you know, I make over $400,000 a year, and this gonna affect me too. So that's why I say, hi, 100000 uh, people who make that, but we have to think about it. We have aspirational wages. I do too. But right now, that's not my reality. My reality is some of the money that they're taking away from me in state tax, I could put toward some of my other aspirations and hopefully get to a place where I am making a whole bunch of money a year and then still pay my fair share because I know there's somebody like me who wants to build to their aspirations. Is your uh, cousin in Evanston, the lawyer, is she intending to vote yes or no on the fair tax? She is voting yes on the fair tax. Even though it's going to raise her taxes? Even though it's going to raise her taxes. But she's still voting yes on the fair tax because she still has cousins, a mother, friends and family that it affects adversely. And it affecting them adversely ends up with us calling our cousin to say, hey, can you help? Or other people not reaching their goals. Plus, it wasn't that long ago where she didn't make a whole lot of money as a corporate attorney, but she was a police officer in Evanston. She remembers what her taxes look like. Candace Castillo, your life is like a, a, a novel. Every time I turn the page, I learn something else. I didn't know you had a cousin who was a police officer in Evanston. You kept that yeah. from me. For How about this? I was actually born in Evanston. I did not know that. Evanston Hospital? Evanston Hospital. Did, did you go to Evanston High School? I did not. My godmother was a teacher at Evanston for a number of years, but we moved to the South Side when I was four. Um, but yeah, Evanston still, let me see. I think my mother was a member of second Baptist until she moved to Florida. So I was an adult when she was no longer a member of second Baptist. Well, I did not know that. I, uh, I, of course, uh, that's where I, I did my, uh, High school work, uh, Candace, at Everson High School. They couldn't get me out of that school. <laughs> get this guy out of here. He's dragging down the grade point average of everybody. All right, let's go back to the fair tax before I uh, start reliving my Everson High School years. Uh, Candace Castillo, look, I'm glad that your cousin uh, is going to vote against her momentary interests and, and right. vote effectively to raise her taxes by raising the rates in the highest. But one of the things that really perturbs me, really grinds my gears, as I like to say, is that the vote no crowd, the Kenny uh, G crowd, uh, that is uh, ponying up a lot of money, the billionaires are protecting, trying to protect the amount of uh, shelter their income from higher taxes, are willing to kick in some money to this campaign. This is the Phyllis commercial. We make fun of it all the time on the show, Candace Castillo, and that's where there's a retiree from uh, Park Ridge just makes it up says that uh, it's going to the fair tax uh, will be the first step toward taxing retirement income uh, in, in the uh, in the state of Illinois. Currently, retirement income is untaxed. And all my lefty friends, Christy, uh, Candace, tell me, don't shame voters. Don't shame voters, Ben. But Candace, 
if retirees and pensioners fall for this line and vote no on it, that will be, in my humble opinion, the single dumbest vote that I have seen in my lifetime in Chicago politics. And I don't know how the dem. Yes, go ahead. Don't shame voters. However, there's a radio commercial for the fair tax that Mm -hmm. literally says, I watched that commercial, quoted the commercial, and then said, I did my research. (laughs) Do your research. This lady, I think in the radio commercial for the fair tax, was a mail carrier. I did my research. I'm a retired mail carrier. I did my research, and I will be fine. Do your research, people. Do your research. And on top of that, look at your paycheck stuff. All right, kids, so, I mean, before we get... Yeah, go ahead. Don't voters, though, be it. Don't shame All right, let's voters. get to that. Uh, let's get to that. Everybody comes on the show and tells me, don't shame voters. Robert Peters, State Senator Robert Peters, goes, Ben, don't shame the voters. Amisha Patel was on the show last week. Ben, don't shame the voters. Every lefty that comes on this show, it's hard. Candace, tell the truth. You have moments when no one's around where you curse the decisions of the electorate. Admit it, Candace Castillo. What? I believe in the electorate. Yes. Most of the time, those decisions come when I'm on Facebook and I am seeing people quote things from cbs.net.com. Yes, I question, I question the integrity of American voters. Yes, I say to myself, people vote with their aspirations and not vote with their realities. There's a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump because they want to be Donald Trump, not or they want to be what they perceive as Donald Trump being, not because they actually make what Donald Trump is making or believe what he believes, but they see themselves as wanting to make that amount of money. And it's much easier not to do the research, not to lobby, not to fight, to just believe what you hear or what you watch. So, yes, I curse the electorate all the time. And then cursing the electorate all the time makes me more passionate about making sure we have an educated electorate. All right, fair enough. And uh, I, I do believe uh, I'm going to be working on this, uh, my shame the voter tendencies. I'm going to make a, uh, a New Year's resolution in the middle of uh, October, or at the end of October, Candace. I'm going to really work hard not to shame voters. It's hard for me, okay? It's really hard for me. Uh, I, don't, but, uh, I don't know if you know about this little thing that's happening on November 3rd. I, I don't know <laughs> if you heard of it. But, you know... I, I think you need to make that pledge like now that no matter what happens, you won't shame voters. You can curse the voters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a subtle distinction between cursing the voters and shaming the voters. Uh, I'm not quite sure if there's a difference, but uh, we'll take it there. All right. Um, one of the things that you've been saying since you've come on the show, Candace, and you have as you've been saying, you're really praying for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's health. You should say this Man. all the time. Uh, and you haven't been on the show. It's been too long. You haven't been on the show since she died. And man, the flurry of activity. I talked about it already. Republicans don't play. That is for sure. 
Uh, and uh, so what were your general thoughts as you watched uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, get confirmed by the Senate in a hurry up vote and then <laughs> rushed over to the White House to be immediately sworn in and they drag out Clarence Thomas to do the dirty deed? What was your general thoughts about that? Anger. Mostly anger, but not at the people who people would think I was angry at. I was not angry at Senate Republicans because they do what Senate Republicans do. They took full uh, advantage of what their um, what their voters want them to take advantage of. Senate Republicans or Republicans in general, or not even Republicans, but especially the Christian right, has been hell-bent on the courts forever. So the fact that they were organized enough to have a candidate and get the candidate quickly made me more angry at the left for not being as organized and preserving the things that we want. Now, here is my prediction. They're rushing Amy Comey Bear through like that. We'll win us the Senate. It may not, it still may not win us the White House, but it'll win us the Senate. What You think there's a greater likelihood that Democrats will win the Senate than uh, to defeat Trump? I think the likelihood, I think Trump voters are Trump voters. These people are like, I don't know. I that's that's crazy to me. If they're oh, yeah. going to vote for Trump, they were always going to vote for Trump. Those people that dug in early are still dug in. That's fine. I think that there were a lot of people who were more appalled at the process than anything else, and it may deliver us a win, especially in Lindsey Graham's race. So, I think that people were upset at that, and it made dollars flow into all of those races that may not have flown as hard into all of those races at first. Are you predicting Jamie Harrison is going to defeat Lindsey Graham? Yeah, slightly, but yeah, I think he's going to win. It it doesn't matter if he wins by one vote or a million votes, just that he wins. Just that he wins. He has a chance. I think he definitely has a chance. This wildcat race in Georgia, it looks, and I can't remember his name right now, but it looks very promising for the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, which would be a story that the pastor of Martin Luther King's church is now the senator from the great state of Georgia. Yeah, well, that's the that that's the Phil. Uh, uh, this that's a special election. There's also uh, there's two Senate races uh, in Georgia, and the the first one, uh, David Perdue, the incumbent uh, senator Republican, is up against a guy named John Ossoff. Uh, that that could be decided immediately, and Ossoff yep. could be uh, defeat uh, Perdue. But uh, let's go back to uh, the difference between Republicans and Democrats. And I sent you this article. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. I really loved it. Uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman from uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, she put it out there. And she said after that, uh, she watched Republicans vote 52 to 48. You're right. 
Candace, they, they, here's the frustrating part about them. I'm now going to shame the Republicans. Okay, I can't shame voters, but I can shame Republicans. They declare a principle in 2016 that we should not fill a vacancy, a Supreme Court vacancy in a, a presidential election year, and then they throw that principle out the window uh, in 2020. So Democrats got to learn, number one, there are no principles when dealing with Republicans. That's the first thing they got to remember, Candace Castillo, and uh, that's number one. So the Republicans vote 52 to 48 to confirm uh, Amy Coney uh, uh, Barrett. They f- zip her over to the White House so Clarence Thomas can swear her in and she can sit on the court and perhaps deliver the court to Donnie Trump, which is why he was in such a hurry to put her there. And so uh, some Democratic activists have been saying for a long time, we got to if we take control of the Senate, we take control of the White House, we have to pack the court. And AOC put it out there. She goes, Republicans don't think the Democrats have the stones. That's what she said, Candace Casillo. She doesn't, the, the Republicans don't think the Democrats have the stones to pack the court. And you know, I do, I'm not going to shame Democrats, Candace. I don't, I, I think Republicans may be onto something. Do you think Democrats have the stones to pack the court? No. I don't. I don't think they have the stones to, because we're using the word stones. I don't think they have the stones to pack the court. I don't. I don't. But Democrats don't. But the people on the left do. And we have the stones to be sitting in their offices every day and bring up voting rights and women's right to choose, and um, let me see, um, Trump's taxes, which are definitely going to come up, and health care, and um, LGBTQIA issues. We have the stones to be sitting in their office, Democrat or Republican, and hold them accountable to what they need to do. Period. Now, there's a lot of reasons why we need to look at reforming the judiciary on the local level and on the federal level. But one of them is the Supreme Court is supposed to have oversight of the appellate courts. And as it is now, with the number of judges we have now, with nine judges, they can't really oversee the appellate courts. So (laughs) we need court reform anyway. Now, I've heard... Pundits go as far as twenty nine, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, but yeah, we definitely need court reform. Well, I uh, I got a feeling that the 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 lefty wing of the Democratic, if the Dem, Dems have to take obviously the Senate uh, and Biden has to win, uh, but if that's the case, I could see uh, the lefty wing really pushing on this issue with AOC out in front. Uh, because uh, the, the, the situation is uh, that Republicans blatantly pack the court, uh, shamelessly pack the court, uh, and then Democrats still play that partisan game, and that's why Democrats are losing. Now, let's talk about this. You talked about uh, election integrity. Uh, I believe that Donald Trump, in the back of his mind, in the front of his mind, actually, is confident that uh, Barrett, along with Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito uh, and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, will deliver him the election. And so many liberals and lefties I know are in agreement with that. Go on, talk sure. about it, Candace. I'm in, I'm in agreement with that. But 
That's, but I'm also in agreement of in these next couple of days, it is our job to make sure that our people know their rights when it comes to elections. That I think it is groups like United Working Families and other groups that are coming together to monitor election integrity. But it is also important that your average everyday person in Chicago and in Georgia and in Wisconsin and in Michigan knows that if they're in line at 7 o'clock, they still get to vote. We need to make sure that we turn out everybody. Your cousin that does that does not vote and keeps telling you they don't have time to, yeah, you still get them a mail-in ballot. My mail-in ballot, my grandmother's mail-in ballot came in in two days. We don't have the luxury of winning by five points or ten points or even 15 points. We have to win because unlike the Senate races, it might be one vote. It's win. If there's one vote with Trump, he's going to go to the Supreme Court and he is going to win, period. Yeah, if it comes down to the Supremes, he's packed it. He's got his five that are sitting there ready to do whatever he wants. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And that's why every vote is crucial. And for the, you know, I, Candace, I tell people in Illinois, your vote's crucial in Illinois, too. They go, no, Ben, it's electoral college. <laughs> you know, they figure that out. It took them a little while. Uh-oh, I'm not allowed to shame the voters, Candace. I apologize. Anyway, voters Don't figured out the electoral the voters, college. Ben. Oh, I'm not going to shame the voters in Chicago. How long did it take them to realize that we had a runoff system for mayor? I'm not supposed to shame the voters. How many elections Don't in? shame the voters. Look, educate yeah. the voters. You can't, you can't shame voters that have been purposely made to believe that voting is a privilege and not their right. So okay. literally, literally. Jaden, I'm in Jeanette's office. Jaden is in the office and he's doing his homework. And I had to tell him it had a passage that said voting is a privilege. I said, no, voting is a right. That passage is wrong. And if your teacher says that it's not wrong, tell her to come at me. Tell her to get with me. Because I don't want you learning that voting is a privilege. And we still have that mindset in our head, like voting is a privilege, or for black people, we should vote because our ancestors couldn't. No, we should vote because it's the bottom barrel of our civic duty, period. What's below uh, voting is the thing that most of us don't have a choice about, and that's paying taxes. It's the bottom barrel of our civic duty. That's why we should vote. We should vote because our voices matter and we should be heard. I'm with you on that one. Uh, and uh, the reason why we should vote in Illinois, uh, even though Illinois is viewed as a safe state for Biden, the reason we should vote is because I do believe uh, a, a big margin for Biden may have some impact on the credibility of Trump when he tries to steal the election. Do you follow what I'm telling you, Candace? Like, yes. if, but, but when Hillary won by 3 million votes or whatever it was, well, Trump was like, ah, that's not enough. I'm, I, I, uh, to declare that it was a landslide. He declares anything, he lies anyway. But if he loses by 10 million votes, 
You get what I'm saying? It's a lot harder uh, to claim a mandate. So that's why votes in Illinois matter. Your thoughts on that? That's, you're absolutely right. That's why votes are Illinois, in Illinois matter. The, the thing that we said we were going to come back to, because I said more black men are going to vote for Trump um, than what you anticipate. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we need to come back to, because even in this Senate race, there's a lot more black men that go vote for Willie Wilson. Then is going to vote for Durbin and have never seen a plan from Willie Wilson. Don't really care. The Democrats haven't worked for us. He's not a Democrat. LaGuardia Blago was good to us. So therefore, we're going to go with the alternative. I don't think Willie Wilson can win. Trump will never win Illinois. However, I think it's going to be something to look at, and it's going to be something to look at in electoral cycles going forward. Uh, Candace, you were coming very close to shaming the voter there. <laughs> I was listening to that riff. That was a good riff, by the way. Voter. I'm not shaming the voter. My commitment is to educating the voter. Okay. But let, let me just put it this way. I was listening to that uh, argument that you were quoting back to me. I know it's not your point of view. Or you're quoting back an argument you heard, but I had a laugh. Like, Democrats have not been good to us. Rob Blagojevich has been good to us. Hello, clueless voter. Rob Blagojevich was a Democrat. And Rob <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't have it two ways, Candace. What's that? Yeah, you can't have it two ways. Wait, I'm here's, just... here's the thing that makes me more angry than anything. When the Republicans haven't been good to us, obviously, Amy Comey Barrett, in her hearing... They asked her, you wouldn't see somebody calling a voter an N-word as voter intimidation, and she said that she has to see the whole thing and look at, no, that's voter intimidation. Anyway, but, and she's a creation of the Republicans. When we had these conversations and we talked to black and brown people, and they say the Republicans nor the Democrats have been good with us, but they don't want to look at a third-party option. When I say, well, you know, I'm two steps from socialism. Oh, no, we can't do that. You, you got it. You can't have it both ways. Absolutely. You can't have it both ways. And and what I was alluding to earlier, uh, a voter who says the Democrats have been good to us, but Rob Bukovic was. Rob Bukovic was a Democrat. He always ran as a Democrat. He espoused Democratic values. And I don't believe he was that good to anybody, but let's say he, he, the voter really believes that. You can't turn around and say that the Democrats haven't been good to us after you declared that Rob Blagojevich was good to us. That shows you're clueless. And I, you say, don't shame them. <laughs> okay, I won't shame Educate them. Educate them. Educate them. Yes, okay. you're right. A lot of these Democrats are clueless. A lot of the electorate is clueless. And if they had a clue, a lot of people in these seats on the state, county, federal, city level would not be there. Yeah. See, listen. Do you know how many people in the mayoral runoff I know that did not vote because they said, well, it doesn't matter. We'll have a black woman as mayor anyway. Yeah. Listen, 
we we've you and I've had this conversation about uh, black men uh, allegedly voting for Republicans. I think the election results will prove me right. I think it'll be much lower than people are predicting. I feel as though a few high profile black men like Ice Cube and Fifty Cent, people just extrapolate from them and say, "Oh well, he supports uh, Donald." Trump and Ice Cube is a hundred millionaire, just like Fifty Cent. I ain't talking about the Ice Cubes or the Fifty. I think we may have lost Candace there for a while. She was on a roll too. I think we may have lost Candace Castillo. She said was about to say, "I am not talking about the Ice Cubes," and then. The phone went dead, D. I'm really dying to know. Excellent interview strategy. Leave them wanting more. (laughs) Yeah, I feel as though we lost her in that one. But actually, my sense of where she was going is where I stand on that issue. And I can understand why Ice Cube or Willie Wilson or 50 Cent would be a Republican, a Trump supporter. Oh, wait, here she comes back. Uh oh. I don't know. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Hello? Yeah, Candace, you call Hello? You're, you're, you're here. Wait, wait. I'm, All right, now listen, Candace. I hear you now. I'm, I want to go back to the point you were yes. making. I, I, think, I think you were heading in a direction that I agree with, but I want to make sure because you got cut off. You were saying Ice Cube is, uh, a, I think he's a billionaire, by the way. He's one of the most successful men in Hollywood. He's very wealthy, and he's trying to protect his wealth from taxation. So he has a fiduciary interest in being for Donald Trump, correct? Wrong. Ice Cube was trying to be a lobbyist. And honestly, he was doing what anybody with with what they think is a good plan would do. He, he brought it to both presidential campaigns. Now, I have problems with how he did it, but I don't think what he actually did was wrong. He went to the Biden campaign. The Biden campaign said, ah, we already put out a plan, which they had, but we'll talk to you and take it up after the election. He didn't like that. He went to the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign said... Talk to a low-level staffer, first of all. The staffer said, we do not have a plan. They took elements of the contract with Black America, which is a plan that Ice Cube um, was pushing, and put it in their platinum plan. And And then they said, the Trump campaign came out and said, Ice Cube is supporting us. And then Ice Cube came back and said, well, this is what I did. And no, I would not endorse Donald Trump or anybody else. But do I think Trump even read the contract of Black America or (laughs) what's in his platinum plan? Absolutely not. Because if he did, then Amy Comey Barrett would be problematic. And I would like to say, I personally think the plan has it is problematic. But he was being a lobbyist with his plan. Did he do it absolutely wrong? Sure. Did he organize anybody about the plan? No. Can most people tell you what's in the actual plan? No. It makes more sense for black people with money than it does the general public. Period. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm with I you. I don't think he was wrong for talking to both places. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't think he was wrong to talk to both places, uh, but he certainly gave off the impression uh, that Trump was somehow or other more open-minded to his plan. Uh, so that set off a news cycle about which I'm so sick of reading, and uh, I think will be disproven on election day uh, about where the black vote is going in this election. But we'll see. You know, you and I have been arguing this point for over a year. We'll see what happens uh, on election day. And I hope you're right about the Senate. I truly do. I hope the Democrats take the Senate. Uh, And um, I hope you're right about uh, the presidential race in that people realize how important it is. You have this... um, this, I've been uh, trolling you on Facebook to, as preparation uh, for this show, uh, Candace. First of all, you had some funny bits about the debate. You're, you're, you're like, were those things that you wrote about the last week's debate written at the very moment of the debate when it was happening? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely well, were written at the very moment of the debate as they were happening. I think the most egregious thing in that debate, well, in both debates, is when they talked about issues and they talked about black people's issues in America, law enforcement got brought up multiple times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found that to be egregious. I also find Trump's version of revisionist history and his straight up lying absolutely hilarious. Arm twisting for jail reform? No, you didn't. The groundwork had been started being set at the end of Bush's administration. It didn't start with Trump, and it's not going to end with Trump. So, I mean, I just find it funny, but the one thing that I was the most serious about is having a president say, I was wrong, or there were elements of that bill that were that was wrong talking about the 1994 crime bill that's refreshing that's refreshing because as much as i hated george bush he would say eh, i might have made a mistake there obama i wasn't obama's biggest fan but he would have said eh, i might have made a mistake there trump he don't care he slipped down the ramp and then made up a lie. That was the most perfect <laughs> walk I've ever taken. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I remember that, Candace. That's what he at his uh, West Point speech. That was, that, right. That's when he when he gave that speech, <laughs> made all those soldiers, uh, West Point cadets, come back to to uh, West Point to hear him speak. This man is out of his mind. That was the middle of the pandemic, too. By the way, uh, right. yeah, I remember. I remember all that. Right uh, during COVID, and then he's. You know, Rendezvous is not that bad. Now, everybody in his vice president's camp has COVID. Give me several breaks. Like, I look, it's one thing to be full of yourself. It's one thing to say, I'm the president and great. It's a whole nother thing to be so arrogant. You can't say, maybe that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Candace, Steve, before I let you go, I want a prediction from you. Who will be victorious in the presidential election, Joe Biden or Donnie Trump? Um, If we don't come out to vote like we should, it'll be Donald Trump. If we don't don't know our rights 
like we should, Donald Trump will steal it. If we keep coming out of the numbers that we are coming out, black people, brown people, the left, uh, the working class, then we'll be fine on election night. All right. I hope it's the latter. Uh, Candace Castillo, one way or the other, I know you'll be back on the show to talk about it. And uh, I promise I am making uh, my New Year's resolution early. No voter shaming. All right, Candace? No voter shaming, Ben. None. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, All Candace right. Castillo, thank you. Very much. That's the great Candace Castillo, uh, political strategist. No voter shaming, D. From here on out, no voter shaming. I just wrote a column about this for the reader. I'm not going to make fun of voters, okay? I'm not going to call them clueless. I'm not going to bring up old elections where they did stupid things. Not going to do it, D. I hear you, dude. Me. I hear you, dude. But, but as your producer, let me just say, man, you've had a lot of good riffs on voter <laughs> shaming. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's like a good chunk of the Ben Jarofsky show. You're kind of just <laughs> pulling away there. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, that resolution just went out the window. Hold on, I'm opening the window. Yeah, just throw it out. That's my guy. That's my guy. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you want it both ways. You know what I mean? It's, I want the tough coach that tells it like it is, you know? All right. I was a little worried yeah. there. I was a little yeah. worried there for a minute. Uh, I'm a voter. Oh, wait a minute. There's this thing called the Electoral College? You're kidding me. Oh, no. Voter shaming again. Yes. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me understand this. You can win even when you lose? Hello? <laughs> I can do any more that day. No more. That was like a, that was like an elder uh, valley girl you did there. Hello? <laughs> Phyllis. Hi. I'm Phyllis. Hello? Well, uh, I'm going to make some stuff up. <laughs> speaking of Phyllis, we have a fair tax oh. update. Oh, fair tax <laughs> update. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple one. I found the ad with uh, Candace Castillo. So, oh, yes. Good job, Producer D. I figured, what the hell? Let's play it. Hey, guys. Let's play it. Uh, one of the most distinct voices we've ever had on our show. Let's see uh, if we can hear Candace on this ad. <laughs> 346,000 millionaires in Illinois. And they pay the same tax rate as me. And me. And me. Now, something isn't right about that. Illinois is one of the only states in America where everyone pays the same tax rate, regardless of income. But passing the fair tax will change. Oh, I think I found. I think I found her. <laughs> Candace CC. All right. I think I found Dub C. Candace Castillo. Uh, let's just make sure. Let's listen again. Of income, but passing the fair tax will change that. That's her, right? Yeah, that's C squared. Candace Castillo. Obviously. All right. All right. Let's finish the ad out. Fair tax will make millionaires and billionaires finally pay their fair share. And it would mean a tax cut for me. And me. And me. It's time for change. Vote yes on the fair tax. All right. Way to go, Candace Castillo. Yeah, right. Woo! CC. CC Rider. See what you have done. Well, Man, uh, I, I heard I heard they were going to approach you to be in a fair tax ad. Then they took one listen to the Ben Jarofsky show and said, <laughs> I don't know where the hell this guy stands on here. No, man. They're like, don't put that that hippie freak dude up there. Are you kidding me? Oh, commie guy? Come on. We can't have that. I mean, I, actually, they finally they took my advice. I told them, man, it, accentuate. Come on, man. By the way, hold on. Uh-oh. Hold on. Uh-oh. What? I got I to address this issue. I almost forgot this. 
Okay. okay. And it would address this issue. Okay. Joe Biden has stolen my line. You've okay. You've addressed Joe this Biden a lot. has stolen my line. You know that, D. Come on. You've been listening to me for a long time. Come on, man. How long have I been saying that, huh? Like twenty years. Yeah. Now Joey Biden's saying it. Everybody's going, oh, Joe Biden says it. So no, I can't say it because it looks like I'm saying it because Joe Biden's saying it. You know what I'm saying, D? Come on, huh? man. <laughs> We've addressed come on man gate quite a bit on the program. Uh, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, anyway, the tribunal had a headline. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that clever trip. So I'm going to have to come up with a new one, D. Because now it looks like I'm stealing from Joey B. I can't have that. How about dang, man? Dang, man. Boom. There we go. <laughs> I used to say dang all the time back in Nichols Junior High. Dang, man. There you go. That That's it right there. I did not know Candace Castillo had Evanston roots. You know, I'm learning new things all the time, D. All the time. But no, going back to the fair tax, I had suggested in a reader column that they accentuate the fact that it'll be a tax cut. They're still not, like, they should have been doing that from the get-go. Ah, Monday morning quarterback. You know, shaming the voters and Monday morning quarterbacking. Ever notice that journalists, pundits, when the election's over, it's always so obvious what they should have done? Well, it's so obvious what they should have done. Okay, that's another portion of the Ben Jarofsky show. (laughs) Monday morning quarterbacking, please. That's a lot of our show. That and voter (laughs) shaming. No, I'm usually wrong. I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm terrible at voter. I admit I voter shame. I admit it. I addressed this issue in the recent uh, reader column, which hasn't dropped yet. I admit it, folks. I voter shame. Yep. But how many people uh, cell phone shame me? You ever notice that, D? Oh, yeah. Who? How many? How many? How, 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 did you hear me whining and crying when I get cell phone shamed by millennials? <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. He doesn't know how to cut and paste. <laughs> oh God. I think God. Like everyone knows that. He thought Vin Mo was a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. When I met, when I learned about Venmo, millennials are like, you're kidding. I can't believe this. Yeah, I didn't know about Venmo with a bunch of millennials. I didn't have the coffee. Don't give me the coffee. Why don't you just divide the coffee? Nope. So that like they're exact proportioning the bill exactly. Yeah, I didn't know about it. I think you were there, D, when I learned about Venmo, weren't you? No, I um you did a uh, a Benjarovsky theater about it two days later and I heard all about it and then you played a, several roles yeah I played like a dog or something I don't know uh, we got people on the live stream chat helping you out Ben Beesky okay. Beesky on the live stream chat Beesky mm-hmm. always known for his live stream comment of uh, still not voting Biden remember that <laughs> it's Beesky um, oh, Beesky, all right. I like hanging out, holding out there. I right. like Beesky. Uh, he says here, uh, Jarofsky, your new catchphrase should be, I got a bounce. Yo, I, I, I got a bounce. Kanye, I remember that. I think I, I, think I, I did a whole thing in that. Kanye's greatest contribution to the 2019 campaign. Remember all of a sudden out of nowhere, Kanye's like, I'm going to endorse Mara Enya. And uh, I think he gave her some money. 
Uh, and he's friends with Chance the Rapper. God, my knowledge of rap is extraordinary. Wow. I'm impressing even myself. Wow. And get so this Kanye guy in the showed, Rap Hall of Fame. Holy cow. Kanye showed up at a rally, came late. The rally was already going. Here, here comes Kanye. Hey. And uh, and then he, he at some like five minutes in, he turns to Chance and goes, I got to bounce. The Tribune quoted him. Uh, Kanye turned to Chance and said, comma, quote, I got to bounce. I read that. I was like, oh, my God. I want to say cool things like that. Well, That's why he's Kanye and I'm not. Well, maybe uh, write this down uh, and try it as we uh, sign off for today. How about okay. that? I got to bounce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you did it. Yeah. You know, Dr. G, Dr. G, Dr. D, take your, uh, give yourself a race. Take it out of the petty cash. <laughs> I got to bounce. I'm going to try that. Okay, see if I can remember that. <laughs> we'll oh, see God. how it goes. We'll see oh, how it goes. Script. So hard to remember these things. Oh, and by the way, that was a fair tax update like five minutes ago. <laughs> fair tax <laughs> update. update. All right. Uh, we got one more story to cover here, mm. and we will ride out. Uh, turns out. It's going to be a very crappy winner. That is correct. <laughs> DB. Ah, how you doing? I'm DB. The following comes from the <laughs> Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, let's see here. It comes from Fran Spielman. And, uh, oh, my goodness, my computer's going insane right now. Hey, snap out of it, computer. <laughs> Fran Spielman, the Chicago Sun-Times, and Mitchell Armentrout. There we go. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker could announce restrictions on indoor bar and restaurant service right here in Chicago very soon, as soon as today, as coronavirus metrics took another dangerous step in the wrong direction. Uh, while the city has a rolling seven-day average testing positivity rate of 7.8%, just shy of the 8% threshold set by the governor's office that triggers the state's COVID-19 mitigations, Chicago has seen eight consecutive days of positivity increases in a full week of rising hospital admissions. Uh, it says here in Chicago, Health, Commission, uh, Health Commissioner Dr. St. Allison Arwadi is well aware uh, an indoor dining ban is imminent given the rate of increase in cases. She urged residents to find other ways to support their favorite restaurants, which have been pummeled by the pandemic. Uh, yeah, so it looks like here uh, we're going to see some mitigation here very shortly, Ben. Yeah, did uh, any quotes from Sam Toy and the Illinois Restaurant Association about this? Uh, let me look real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, let's see. No. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, this is a point I've been making uh, all along. You know, Sam Toy is a big-time political player in the city of Chicago, head of the Illinois Restaurant Association. I think he's on the mayor's zoning board. Don't quote me on that. One of the maybe zoning board of appeals. Point is, it's got connections to Chicago Democrats like Lori Lightfoot and Rahm Emanuel. He's not going to criticize Lori Lightfoot. But he figures, ah, you know, I get away with criticizing JB. This is my thing, man. Like all these, the DBs of the world and the Sammy Toys of the world, they're all ripping Pritzker. They leave Lori alone. It's so weird. It's just the mentality of Illinois and Chicago. The mayor's all powerful. I got to get along with the mayor. I remember a long time ago, I may have told this anecdote already. I was uh, interviewing a. Uh, a dude who was a, he run a restaurant or a, I think it was a restaurant. Yeah. It was outspoken in support of a green party candidate for Congress. He wanted me, Ben, you have to write about the green party candidate for Congress. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm thinking about it. What about uh, the automatic race? Well, <laughs> I can't uh, take a stand against my local alderman because he controls my liquor license and my garbage collection. I'm like, Oh, Mr. Profile and cards there. Huh? 
Yeah. Oh, I'm really tough with the congressman who's over in Washington. That's how it goes. That's how it goes in Chicago. Oh, can't say anything bad about the mayor. Not say anything bad about the mayor. That's what got me in trouble, D. Saying things bad about the mayor will get you in trouble in this town every time. All right, D? But it's okay to rip a governor. Doesn't have as much control over day life. So, whatever. I Listen, I'm a big supporter of restaurants. love restaurants. All you, uh, hey, DB, Darren Bailey. You go out to a restaurant much? Huh? I know you got a lot of money from the feds. That is correct. Farmer stuff. Right? Go out to a restaurant and don't be cheap. Tip, tip the restaurant. Now, I know, DB, you're probably a lot of like, like a lot of millennials out there. You're like, well, I don't have to tip if I get carry out. No, that's not right, DB. Dig into that wallet, take some of that money out and give the restaurant like an extra 10 or $20. Help them get through this. All right. Well, I don't want to dig into my wallet. That's my DB not wanting to dig in his wallet imitation. D. Do I gotta? Darren Bailey, if you listen to the program, um, we just applied your cheap. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Apologies if, if so. Yeah, I'd like to apologize on behalf of my hippie host. You can't take him anywhere. No downstate or shaming. <laughs> I wasn't even doing the downstate accent. You made me do it. All right, let's go back and play that tape. Uh, this is Dennis Ben. You're not quite getting the downstate accent right. That's what you said. Okay. So Worst impression of me ever. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I always turn you into a WBEZ guy. Why? I don't know. Try to yeah. help your career. All right. <laughs> Gotta have that. Huh. I heard it, man. I just, oh my God, D. I was listening to NPR this weekend. Yes, I know. I shouldn't have been listening. And they were discussing, they were discussing the national election. It's like, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. I was like, I can't take it. And I went back to the oldie station and heard a turtle song from 1966 for the 400th time in my life. Anyway, that was my weekend radio listening. All right, guys, that's the show today. Reach out to us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. If you want to uh, have your message read on the program, leave your name and where you're from. It's very helpful. And you can leave us a voicemail, 708 658 4788. That number again, 708 658 4788. Boy, we'd love to hear from you. All right. I want to thank Candace Castillo for an outstanding job as she always does. Of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, prior to Joe of Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. There's Candace Castillo, JB Pritzker, and DB Darren Bailey will tell you back home and home. They call him Dr. Doobie. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. I gotta bounce. See you tomorrow, everybody. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. Take a chill pill, man. Take a chill pill, man. That is correct. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. 
I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. That is correct. 